All right, good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center as we continue our Bible study tonight on Effortless Change by Andrew Womack. And we're excited about that. So anyway, um, just so you know, all of our Bible studies are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we continue to give, say thank you to all of our financial partners who have uh, supported us with their tithes and offerings uh, to support this ministry on our website, lighthousediscipleship.org. <coughs> and so, um, anyway, I just want to throw a footnote out for our schedule. Uh, by the way, happy uh, Palm Sunday as we continue to celebrate our King. And uh, we, we, uh, we also are preparing for an awesome Easter week. On Sunday mornings, I've been doing a, a study on knowing the Holy Spirit. We're not quite done. We're going to take a one-week break and return the following week. But this coming Sunday, I'm going to do, on behalf of Easter Sunday, I'm going to be doing a resurrection service, which uh, I have a message titled, Behold Your Resurrected King. Behold Your Resurrected King. And so uh, feel free to join us uh, this Sunday at 11.15 a.m. And that's when we begin to live stream the message Anyway, all that will be archived on uh, our website and then YouTube, as I just shared a minute ago. Anyway, so again, uh, we're in Effortless Change tonight by Andrew Womack. We'll be in Chapter 4 tonight, which is entitled, let me get there, uh, Transform. We're talking about being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so we've been talking a lot about, you know, this, this title, <coughs> if you're just joining us, might... Uh, throw some of you off, but uh, what effortless change? What's that about? And uh, it's about reading God's word. You know, God's word is a seed. And yes, uh, as a farmer, a gardener, you know, there's work to to plant a seed, to water the seed, to to basically farm and garden that seed, and then eventually harvest that seed. But the farmer and the gardener can't make that seed grow. They can create the environment for that. But the seed grows effortlessly on its own. Uh, you know, if we will spend time in God's Word, and it's not just spending time in God's Word religiously, that can be a part of it as far as having a regular diet of God's Word, a regular routine of being in God's Word. But we, what we, we're talking about now, we've been talking about meditating on God's Word day and night. This goes beyond just our daily devotions. Uh, we're talking about being transformed by renewing our mind. Renewing our mind to what? You know, the word renew, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get a heavy edge here. <coughs> Excuse me. But the renewing of your mind, the, re the renew means to renovate. Renovate our mind. You know, we need, uh, we have, we want, we can't be transformed. The word transform is the word we get the word metamorpho or metamorphosis. You know, like a caterpillar to a butterfly or a tadpole to a frog. You know, uh, we're transformed by the renewing, the renovation of our mind. And we need to renew our mind daily. In God's Word, meditate on day and night. Anyway, I'm not going to get ahead of Andrew, but this effortless change is talking about being in God's Word. And if you don't effort, if you don't spend time with God's Word, don't prioritize God's words, you know, uh, you're not going to see real change. You're going to try to change on the outside, but real change comes effortlessly on the inside. And so, you know. If, if instead of feeding God's word every day like you should, but instead you meditate on the news or social media or the things going on <coughs> in the world, and that's what you meditate on day and night, and that's what you feed on the majority of your time, 
you know, that's going to affect you effortlessly too. <laughs> you know, that's that's also seed. It's a different kind of seed. It's not the seed we want, but the, it's called the cares of this world, and among other things. But, uh, you know, whatever you meditate day and night, you know, some of us are just natural worriers. <laughs> you know, we worry about things. And whatever you are meditating on day and night, that is a seed that you are cultivating in the soil of your heart. And, uh, and so, I, you know, I'm not saying we don't listen to news and different things. We do check in once in a while. Of course, today we do it a little differently because most of the news today is not even news. <laughs> it's just a, it's a, anyway, it's, uh, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but anyway, it's just a, um, you know, but I don't want to, I'm not going to meditate on that day and night. <laughs> I'm not going to dwell on it. I, I'll, I'll get the headlines, but I'm not going to think about it all day. No, absolutely not. I'm going to think about God's Word. To be naturally minded is death, the Bible says. Uh, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And I'm not going to think about it and worry about it. And I'm not saying we don't need to be, be careful and be... And I'm not saying we need to be clueless either. I tell you point time, I'm not going to meditate on it day and night. We are transformed. We're going to be talking about transformed tonight. We are transformed and renewing our mind. And because of all the information out there, we need to renew our mind all the time. We need to detox from this world and get uh, get fertilized and watered with the washing of the word every day. And so, anyway, I'm not going to do all the talking. I'm going to let Andrew do the talking, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll react to it, respond to it. So, anything you share, Sherry? No, um, I just wanted to share a Bible verse because since we are talking about being in God's Word and, and having a steady diet of it and a relationship with the Word, and that's how we get change uh, effortlessly. But I just I basically want to quote Jesus in John eight thirty one and thirty two. He says, "It says then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed." And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You know, first of all, which Dave has mentioned more than once, uh, we both have, about we need to believe God's word. Uh, that, that, that actually comes first. But Jesus himself says, if you not only abide in my word, it, it, it proves that you're my disciples, but you shall know the truth, and that the truth that you know sets you free. And the only truth that there is, is God's word. God is true. Um, the, the world with all this whatever going on, you know, that's not true. It's, it's again, we're not going to go off on, on, on rabbit trails and, and, and things that's so easy to do. But Jesus himself says his word is going to set you free. His word, which is true, uh, will set you free. So, uh, Sherry's going to read for us. Uh, we're talking about being transformed. And uh, so she'll read and then we'll talk about it. Okay. The, the uh, section is, is titled Melted. Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world. The Greek world word translated conformed here literally means to pour into the mold. You aren't going to exit this life the same way that you came in. You came in a baby. Innocent, naive, without a firm direction or plan for your life. By the time you live 20, 40, 60 or more years, the pressures of this life are going to melt you. Every one of us will be melted. You'll change shape, form, and direction. 
However, the good news is you get to choose what mold you fit into. The pressures of this life tend to try to force everybody into the world mold of pe pessimism. So, one second, real quick, because uh, I didn't realize we were on the section melted. We're on page 36, in case you have a book, on uh, the section melted. So, we did start chapter 4 last week. The pressures of this life tend to try to force everybody into the world's mold of pessimism. When you lose your dreams and goals, you harbor unforgiveness and become bitter. That's the mold the problems in this world are, going, are trying to force you into. But you don't have to go into that mold. You can choose to be transformed. I first truly understood this concept on the day that I received my orders to be shipped out to Vietnam. Like most of my fellow soldiers, I was still a teenager. At 19 years of age, I had already been through my infantry training. Every one of the men I had been training with, except one, received orders to go to Vietnam. Immediately, most of these young men broke down in fear and started crying. As I write this today, we're at war in Iraq. Many brave men and women have given their lives for the cause of freedom. Each one has a story, beloved family and friends who miss them, and unfulfilled hopes and dreams. However, the sheer volume of American blood that flowed in Vietnam so far exceeds the 1,700 deaths over two or three years in Iraq that the casualty count pales in comparison. Although the car bombs and other dangers in Iraq are bad enough, it's nothing compared to what was happening in Vietnam at the time I received my orders. There were mortars, bombs, booby traps, and people with guns coming at you. When you got shipped to Vietnam, you knew you were going to come into contact with the enemy. It wasn't just some of the people over there who were getting shot at. It was everyone. Due to this, people were falling apart left and right like $2 suitcases when they received their orders. After we received our orders, while all these young men were weeping all over the room, the chaplain came in and made this statement. Going to Vietnam is a fire and it will melt you but you get to pick what mold you fit into. This doesn't have to be a negative experience that destroys you. It can be a positive experience. God used that chaplain's words to speak directly to me. Okay, um, so again, we're talking about being transformed. Uh, I, I, sorry, I didn't inform you at the beginning. I forgot we had started that far away, so we're under the section melted. You know, and what was he, where is he getting this from? You know, the, the uh, just uh, in case you didn't catch on, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, there's a phrase that says, Do not be conformed to this world. And that word conformed, when you study out in the Greek, it means to be melted, or it means to be uh, poured into a mold. You know, uh, I don't know if you've ever had a made mold, as close as I have, uh, when I get fitted for hearing aids, they have to make a mold of my, because everyone's ears shaped differently. They have to make a mold uh, so they can make the hearing aid. Uh, that's how they make it. You know, just different kinds of hearing aids, so that that could be different what kind people may get. But they make a mold, you know. And so, uh, you know, we don't have to be molded in this world. There's, you know, here Andrew was sharing his own story about Vietnam. You know, uh, the time of war. Some people have, and different throughout the years, throughout the ages, people have gone to have experienced some very uh, intense situations. Maybe you, maybe some of you are in different countries. We have a lot of people who follow us from Pakistan, Afghanistan, uh, India, uh, other parts of Africa. Um, and so, um, 
and, you know, and, and so what you're experiencing might not be different than ours and whatnot. And so, you know, there's something, uh, and, and right now there's a lot of different things going on in our country, in the world at large. There's a lot of things going on. You know, even then, and maybe you're in a very trying circumstance or situation right now. I mean, it, 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 I mean you could be like Corey Ten Boom in a, in, a, in a concentration camp. But even then, you don't have to fall, be molded into the mold of the world. You might be under a dictatorship where you have to do something, certain things as a, as, a, as a citizen or a civilian, but in your mind, you can still keep your mind stayed upon him and be and on his word that you can hide in your, your heart and whatnot. You still have a choice. You know, and as this chaplain was trying to encourage these sellers who were, some of them were falling apart, and he made this statement, you know, uh, going to be a knot to the fire and it will melt you, but you have, you get to pick what mold you fit into. <clears throat> this doesn't have to be a negative experience that destroys you. It can be a positive experience. You know, uh, another example I have, and this might be a, this is on a totally different note, but, you know, when, uh, Lawson Purdue, he's our pastor of a church in Colorado, but he says, you know, some people come to his church looking for what's wrong in that church. They're like a magnifying glass looking what's wrong in the church. And if you come into any church or any place with that type of attitude, you're going to find something wrong. There's no perfect church out there. There's no perfect person. Anytime you deal with people, you're going to have problems. Okay? Well, you have sheep, you're going to have manure. You know? At the same point in time, if you come to the church looking for looking for what's right, you're gonna find that too. And so even there's been some what I call bad churches that I've been to, but even then I can find something right. It, even but even if it was just a fact of people there. I might not agree with their teaching or their behavior, but they're people and they're people that Jesus died for. And I can still find something to be positive about. You know, you can, uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on in our world right now. I'm not going to be conformed to it. I'm not going to fit into the mold of it. With COVID and vaccines and everything going on in our government. And I understand, you know, there's some things, uh, uh, I'm not saying I'm totally going to be oblivious to things. I'm not talking about that at all. But I'm not, in my mind, I'm not going to fall into the mold of fear and different things of that nature. You know, uh, we, you know, I'm just trying to get my thoughts together. You know, there's different circumstances we've been in, financial circumstances, you know, relational circumstances. <coughs> and sometimes things get intense at times. Nothing lately, but we've had things in the past. And we have a choice to make whether we're going to fall into the mold of all the strife and, and different things or panic and worry or are we going to trust God. You know, are we going to be melted by the circumstances into something that's hard and bitter and unforgiving and, and uh, just anxiety and falling apart? Are we going to allow? Are we going to allow God, His Word, and His nature and His Spirit, who's in us, to control and harness our emotions? And we're going to come through this fire. We're going to come through this, uh, you know, victorious. And we're going to allow. Uh, God, they even use the ugly stuff that's going on around us to even mold and shape us. I don't believe God always caused a fire. God didn't cause any war. 
there's no war, Iraq, Vietnam, Iraq, or even some of the stuff I consider uh, in terms of war that we're going through right now. Um, I'm not going to let that uh, dictate my life, but I'm going to allow God, despite what's going through, I'm going to allow God to mold me and shape me and, uh, and whatnot. So I don't know if I'm making sense, but it just as a mindset, I'm not going to, I can't be controlled by my circumstances. I cannot be controlled by my emotions. Jesus is my Lord, not my emotions, not my nation. I, I pledge my allegiance to God and to my country in that order. And uh, my, my allegiance is to God first, you know. Um, and so I will never uh, shut down what we're doing. You know, you would have to either put me in jail or take my life. I'm not I'm never going to shut down preaching the gospel. Uh, I mean, uh, and so I'm not, I'm not afraid of dying, you know, because I know whether if I, if I live, I win. If I die, I win because I know where I'm going. Uh, but I also know that I'm going to be occupied till he comes. And, and, and so anyway, I, I can go so many rabbit trails right now, but just uh, anything with you? I do. I actually want to share from Daniel's story in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because it fits with uh, this mold that Andrew is, is uh, talking about and, and how Dave was sharing. And, you know, in, in Daniel's time, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, these four young men, you know, Israel was uh, in bondage. Um, the, the Nebuchadnezzar uh, with Babylon just basically took over and... and um, they set apart some of the captives, some of the young men uh, who were kind of like the cream of the crop, smart and good looking and what I guess they consider to be an asset to, you know, raising them up in the courts of Nebuchadnezzar. And, you know, the children of Israel, I mean, Slavery is a, is, a, is a big deal. It's not easy for, for the person who's in captivity. And Israel went through a lot of that in the Old Testament when you read it. But Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they trusted God first and foremost. And even though they were in captivity, they still worshiped God. They still ha had him first and foremost in their minds. And even though... Uh, all these young men who were captives were, were trying to be molded into what Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to be as an asset to, to the Babylonians. These young men uh, didn't want to do that. And one of the examples was the, these young men who were captives were to be fed from the king's table and specifically given, you know, the wines and the meats and whatever it is that was their diet at the time in Babylonia. But Daniel and uh, these young men said, you know what, we, we honor God so much that, that we want to eat right and we want to eat how God ordained us as Jews to eat. So they, they talked with, I think was the chief steward or the chief of the eunuchs that was over them and said, you know, we, this is what we want to do. And um, God had actually brought Daniel into favor with this chief eunuch. And when they were saying, you know, we need to, you guys to eat 
how we want you to eat, Daniel approached him and said, you know, no, we need to eat, you know, and what honors God. And they, they, this, this chief eunuch was like, well, we don't want to see you uh, lose your health or lose your beauty by not eating what we set before you. And so Daniel said, look, we, we are going to honor God and give us the certain time frame that if we eat how we're asking to, and if by the end, you know, it, it, it doesn't look good, um, then, uh, you know, however you see fit to deal with us, deal with us. So he can, it says that he consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, they're there, as in Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who had ate the portion of the king's delicacies. You know, and, and that's just the start. That's just chapter one of Daniel regarding these men, these young men who were captives. But they refused to be conformed into this mold of being captives, being in captivity, being slaves, they still honored God. And if you read the rest of Daniel, you know, the, uh, the king had a statue erected and wanted them all to bow down to the, it. And, and these young men refused. And, you know, Daniel's experience, um, part of his story of not being into the mold of what they were forcing him to be into, he got thrown into the lion's den and could have been killed that way. But God preserved him because Daniel said, no, I'm going to worship God no matter what. And the same with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were forced into this mold, but they said, no, we're going to honor and worship God. And they got thrown into the fire. I mean, talk, Andrew was talking about, about Vietnam being a fire. They were actually thrown into a physical fire and they did not get killed or have, when they came out have any smell of smoke on them. And this fire was so hot that it killed the guards who were throwing them in the fire. But as these men were, were in the fire, it Jesus was with them. There was, there was it I'm, I won't turn to it because of time, but it said that the, the captors who had thrown them in the fire, not the ones who were too close to the fire and got killed, but they saw not just the three young men in the fire, but a fourth who was like the Son of God, who was preserving them in this fire. And these young men were, are such a great testimony of, hey, we're not being conformed to this world. We're not being conformed to captivity. We are being transformed by our God, who is our God and the only one we worship. And so it, we can choose which mold we're going to be into the world, into sin, into what, what God has for us. Awesome. Well, let's read some more. Uh, the title of this section is Renew Your Mind. You may not be a soldier in the midst of a war zone, but you will still have pressures come against you in this life that will melt you. However, you get to pick whether you'll be like the other people who become negative, bitter, and unforgiving. You choose whether you'll murmur and complain, or if you'll let these things drive you to the Lord and make you stronger and more stable in your commitment to God. How do you make that choice? 
be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12, 2. The Greek word rendered transformed here is metamorpho. It's the word from which we derived our English word metamorphosis. A little worm spins a cocoon and then, after time, comes out a beautiful butterfly. And if you want to be transformed from something creepy, crawly, and earthbound into something beautiful that can fly, you need to be metamorphosed. Do you want to change from being weak and fear and bound by all kinds of problems into someone who releases and experiences the abundant life of God from within? The Word of God reveals that the way to do this by the renewing of your mind. You must renew your mind to the Word of God. You can't just turn your mind off and think of nothing. Sometimes when you ask someone what they are thinking, they'll answer nothing. The truth is, they, are, they were thinking of something. You can't not think. Your mind is constantly going. Even when you're asleep, your subconscious mind will inspire dreams. Whether you're awake or not, you can't turn your mind off and not think. All you can do is choose what you think on, the things of the Lord or the things of the world. The things of the world may simply be physical and natural things. They don't have to be demonic, X-rated, R-rated, terrible, ungodly things. They can be decent things. They don't have to be bad. But if you are occupied with the things of this world, you'll never experience this transformation. Yeah, uh, you know, kind of going back to something I was saying a minute ago, you know. I mean, I know there's, there's all kinds of information. So, you know, some of us have jobs that are very demanding. All kinds of information we're getting all day to do our job, whatever that job may be. You know, I used to do a lot of bookkeeping and accounting. That, you know, there's a lot of numbers, there's a lot of uh, information going through my mind. You know, uh, I've built websites where I'm focused on a lot of things. I'm, I do a lot of different things, and you know, myself. And so, you know, there's things we got to do. Some people are just busy. They're busy at work, and then they come home and be a mom or a dad. You know, I have a job, but, but I also pastor, you know, and then there's other things that we do. Uh, so, you know, sometimes our minds are always occupied. And then when I, <coughs> I'm a little different than Sherry, I can actually, in a sense, kind of turn my mind off. And that's why I go to sleep like that almost every night. Sherry can't sleep sometimes because she just can't turn that brain off. And, and I understand that in the sense that we're always thinking, as Andrew was saying, but... What are we thinking about? You know, are we worrying about stuff? Are we stressing with stuff? Are we like, I should have done that today. I should have said that to some. some I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done. It. You know, well, we we our mind can wander in all kinds of stuff. You know, we can wander about different things. You know, uh, I mean, we could be doing just fine, and then we have a here in the west, we could have an earthquake. You know, was it here? <coughs> Where was the epicenter? Here or near my family or her family? You know, and then we start wondering, is everybody okay? You know, uh, how big was it really? You know, or, you know, there could be, I know there was tornadoes, uh, I think recently in Alabama area and whatnot. You know, you could be, if you have family out there, you could be worried about that. I mean, our mind could just go, I mean, just the fact that I just said some things, you, your mind's already wandering about things. I mean, if I just said the word apple, you guys are already, most of you are already thinking of a Red Delicious apple or a Granny Smith apple or, or whatever apple uh, you, that comes to mind. We, we, we function with word pictures. You know, I just mentioned 
a park or the beach and you guys already have something in your mind in the country you are or Florida or California, some beachy area, whatever, you know, our minds are always thinking. But what's consuming our minds? What's dominating our minds? The word of God, the things of God. Good things, good thoughts, as Paul talks about in Philippians chapter 4. Whatever is good, whatever is lovely, etc., etc., think on these things. And, uh, you know, the God of peace will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You know, what are you thinking on? What are you dwelling on? Are they good thoughts? Are they positive thoughts? Are they negative thoughts? You know, uh, are they worry thoughts? You know, and so what's consuming your mind? <coughs> you know, as a man thinketh, so is he. <laughs> Uh, Andrew has a lot of teachings on talking about your life is going in the direction of your most dominant thought. Whatever your most dominant thought is, that's the direction your life is going. If it's worry, if it's stress, if it's good, if it's God, then your direction is going to go in the direction of your most dominant. We might have a lot of different thoughts, but our most dominant thought. And that's usually the direction our life is going. Because the man thinks so easy. And there's a lot of other scriptures to support that. And so... Uh, you know, I want, I, there are things I have to think about to do my job and to do things I have to do, you know, uh, so, and I can talk a lot about this, but, you know, uh, uh, and the things that we do, just natural things, to do, like I said, to do our job, to do our roles as mothers and fathers and husbands and wives and whatnot, but we need to have a place where we can detox. And get our mind fixed on Him and stayed up on Him where we can meditate on Him day and night. You can't meditate on Him day and night and worry about something else at the same time. That's impossible. You can't be meditating on one thing and thinking about another. No, whatever you're meditating on is what you're thinking about. You know, I, and I used to do a lot of retail where I can, I can be doing my job but also be thinking about God, Scripture, whatnot. Uh, you know, and so... Uh, I have a lot of God dreams where I'm actually preaching a message in the middle of the night, you know. Uh, I don't necessarily plan those because I don't know how my dreams are going to go, you know. But I get some awesome messages. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I just got to uh, write those down or whatnot. <coughs> one time we were down in Mexico and uh, we were on a trip, long story short. And one particular night God just gave me a message over and over and over and over again all night long. It was about 20 times a dream replayed herself. I didn't know if in the morning I got invited at the last minute to join some pastors for a meeting. I didn't know where I was going. They didn't know where I was coming. It's the first time I've been there. And yet when I walked in the door, they asked me to preach. And I knew exactly what to preach. I preached the message I've been preaching all night. <laughs> uh, and so I did, and every pastor was crying. And we ministered to them, uh, and uh, it was just an awesome thing. They actually asked, had me come back to do a pastor's conference. I did a pastor's conference with them. Got to minister to them some more, and so a lot of good things came out of that. Um, and I don't even know why I went there. I'm just thinking of you know dreaming. I mean, um, I just they're just they're just awesome. And so anyway, it's funny when Dave was was sharing how when he used to work retail and be stocking shelves or doing everything and whatever he was doing, uh, he was able to meditate on God's word. I, I was laughing because. I remember a class in high school, it was a science class, and um, how the teacher taught it was really super duper easy. He gave us the, he would have notes and we would just, you know, handwrite our own 
copy of, of his notes and and he would get, let us uh, take the test with our with a half page of notes and I could always squeeze everything in on a half page uh, but I I remember uh, I know Andrew and Dave were trying to talk about how we're transforming our mind but in this class and I'm just gonna tattle on myself I would switch off listening to the teacher and taking notes and start daydreaming and then like a minute later take note of what the teacher was saying and then go right back into daydreaming and I basically sailed through that class because I was able to take notes past the, the test and I don't remember anything about that science class. Um, that's just a, a mind story on me. But I wanted to share, I've been reading on my own in Philippians and I just I, I love how everything that, that we're talking about ties in um, to what, what Paul's sharing. You know, first in, in chapter 3, he, he talks about basically everything in our past, good, bad, ugly, whatever, uh, to, to leave it in, in the past and press forward uh, and, and reach for what's ahead of you, which is, is Christ. And, in pressing towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. But he goes down into, into chapter 4, and I'll start. I'll start in verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, this is uh, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And I, I, I really... I've really taken hold of that verse for many years uh, for other things uh, that, that I've personally dealt with. But I, I just love how Paul reminds us that, yes, there's a lot of things that we could be thinking on and meditating on, but he really wants us to really only meditate on this certain list of things. And if you really look at each word, that whatever's true and noble and just and lovely, that boils down to God. It boils down to Jesus, meditating on, on Jesus and what he's done because that's what's true. That's what's noble. That's what's lovely. Not the things of this world, not our day-to-day -day things that, that can be fine and, and you know, good and, and whatever uh, and not of sin or of, of Satan, um, but really for any bit of victory in your life to meditate on on God and his word like we're talking about by taking what Paul uh, encouraged us to do. I mean, Paul, if you look at Paul, in, in one sense he was accomplished in the fact that he was uh, a, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a Pharisee. You know, he had this long list. Of, he was of the tribe of Benjamin. He had what uh, I guess you could say an elite, whatever uh, you call it, uh, but he was like, that that's all rubbish. Whatever good I've done in my life, whatever people look up to in my life, that's all, all rubbish. 
I count Jesus as my goal, as my prize, as what is important in my life. And he encourages us to do this the same. And even in chapter 4, past what I read, he talks about, hey, whether I've been in want, whether I've been, uh, have everything, all my needs taken care of, I've learned to be content and how he's done that, no matter what he's gone through, and there's a list, I forget where it is in scripture, but Paul lists everything that he went through, being thrown into jail umpteen times, you know, going on a mission trip, uh, being uh, bitten by a snake, being shipwrecked, uh, flogged, blah, blah, blah. I mean, his list is like all this horrible stuff. Um, but he's like, I'm content no matter what because I have God here. First first and foremost, I have, I have, my focus is on God, and, and that's how we can be content. You know, in the last two chapters, we were talking a lot about meditating God's word. Night. And in this chapter, we're talking about being transformed, metamorphosed, like a cal like a caterpillar to a butterfly. And as you know, a caterpillar spins a cocoon, and it comes out a butterfly. And to me, uh, just a quick little note, that cocoon for us to be transformed is meditating on God's Word. My escape, my cocoon, if I can put it in such terms, is meditating on God's Word day and night. And I come out a butterfly, I'm transformed into renewing of my mind. It's hard to renew my mind when something comes my way if I don't already have a diet of God's Word. I don't want to just go in God's Word and be reactive. I want to be proactive and being in His Word day and night so that when something does come my way, I'm already prepared. I'm not saying I want bad things to come and try, you know, excuse me, difficult things to come, but I don't necessarily have control over that. But I do have control of my mind. I do have control of how I'm going to be meditate day and night. <coughs> and I can be prepared, uh, you know, and I can get in that, in that uh, cocoon, what I call meditating, and so that when the trial comes, I can soar like a butterfly instead of crawl like a worm. And there's a big difference. And so, and I, you know, uh, and so... Um, it just keeps my eyes focused on Him. It's a relationship. It's a lifestyle. It's called walking with God. I'm not just visiting God. He's not there and I'm here. I'm walking with Him. Walking in a lifestyle. Hand by hand. You know, we're walking together. You know, I, it just, when I think of walking with God, walking in the Spirit, it, it, uh, it means to, it, the, the, the verbiage in the Greek is very similar, similar to the word abide, where I'm abiding in Him. I'm just, I'm, I'm doing this together. It's a lifestyle. It's a walk. Not just a visit. Not just something I do and check in on Sunday, Sunday and I wait till midweek service or next week to do it again. No, it's a walk. This is just, this is a time for, this is kind of like a powwow when we come together for a Bible study in church. In one sense, what we do the rest of the week is the walk. And I want to walk with God. It's nice coming together, but I, I, uh, having one-on-one -on -one time with God throughout the week is really where the rubber meets the road. These are good times. These are, these are necessary times. But you need the time in the body of Christ and the church just as much as you need time in God's Word. That same point, you need both. You know, I know some people that are always in God's Word, but they never go to church. Some things are out of balance with that. I know some people, uh, you know, uh, 
Uh, they always go to church, but they never spend time in God's Word. Something's wrong with that, too. And so, uh, you know, we need both. But if uh, this is primary, being in God's Word. And maybe you're in another country, you don't have these. I get that. I understand that, you know. And, uh, and um, But at the same point in time, uh, you can listen. I mean, if you listen to our teachings, and if you're listening to us on Facebook, you have internet. You can go to our website. You go to Andrew's website, and you can get the Bible. You can download the Bible for free in many different ways. And so, and there's the Bible. If you can do all that, you can go. You can visit the Bible online all the time. So you do have the Word of God. If you can do Facebook, you have access to the Word of God all the time. So uh, uh, anyway, right. so let's keep. Uh, where are we at with time? Got basically okay, okay. Let's read some more. The greatest thing in the world, if you want your mind to be transformed like a caterpillar into a butterfly, the way you do it is by putting your mind on God through His Word. If you desire to be poured into God's mold, you do it by the Word of God. There is no other system that God has in place. Now you can experience a touch from God. He loves us, and especially in times of crisis, we can cry out to him and he'll touch us. <coughs> Some people call this an epiphany. You could have an encounter with the Lord. God could speak to you and it would touch your life. But I guarantee you that these emotional types of experiences only last a very short period of time. You'll never be able to sustain a relationship with God and certainly not be able to be transformed if your experience remains on an emotional level only. You have to renew your mind. If you want to be transformed long-term and see your life change, you must be transformed by the Word. You must renew your mind. Some folks say, that seems restrictive to me. To me, it's awesome. I love this truth because it's so simple. All that is required <coughs> for transformation is that you just meditate on the Word day and night. Joshua 1.8 Keep the Lord and His truth in your thoughts. Go over and over them, keeping your mind stayed on the Word of God, not as the stomach turns on television. If you keep your mind stayed on the Lord by meditating on His Word, then without effort, automatically, your life will begin to change. Some people really struggle to believe that this is true. If that's you, don't knock it until you've tried it. I've tried it. I have spent thousands, tens of thousands, perhaps even hundreds of thousands of hours meditating on the Word of God. There's nothing that challenges and inspires me more than being in the Word of God and hearing Him speak to me. All of a sudden, I will recognize an application between the principles I see in the Scriptures or a certain Bible character's life and my own. God makes a direct connection between His Word and my life. The greatest thing in the world to me is to see or experience God speaking to me through His Word. Many Christians don't feel this way about God's Word. They've read the Bible. They may not have found it boring, but it wasn't as stimulating to them as a, <coughs> as a novel. Personally, I think the subject matter is God's Word beats any novel, any plot you could ever come up with. The Bible is so full of so many wonderful things, yet many Christians just read it as a book and don't meet with God to receive from Him like He wants them to. They can't honestly say that spending time with God through His Word is the most exciting thing they've ever done. I can truthfully say that the greatest joy and excitement I think I have ever had in my life has come when I have been alone with God studying His Word. 
all of a sudden I connect with God's heart. I know what he is saying to me through the scriptures. God gives me a direct revelation. I can truthfully say that that's the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. I've seen several people raised from the dead, including my own son. I've seen great miracles and healings manifest. I'm not saying that these events weren't wonderful and exciting. They were. But it's the word of God and my relationship with him through his word that has caused all these things to happen. They've been a byproduct, not the cause. Renewing my mind to God's word is what has turned my life around. If you want to be transformed, the way you do it is to take God's word and meditate on it day and night. Dwell on it and it will change you. Now that's exciting. It's awesome if you're if you're really listening to what we're saying, what Andrew's saying here, you know. There's not nothing wrong with a miracle. There's nothing wrong with uh, what I call a divine encounter with God or, or whatnot where he touches you, says something to you. Maybe it's a dream, maybe it's a visitation, whatever the case may be, an audible voice. Nothing's wrong with some of those things if they if they have or have not happened. But those are usually here and there, and sometimes only one time in a lifetime, or whatever the case may be. The thing that can be constant, and constant in your life, is time with God, and time with His Word. Because you can could, you could always know He's there. You can always spend time with Him in prayer. You can always spend time with Him in the Word. You don't always know when you're going to have those special encounters. And I'm not taking away from special encounters. There's times where Sherry and I have an awesome date, an awesome encounter. But we can live as husband and wife every day. And that's exciting. You know, that's, that's something I can depend on. That's something I can walk and live out and have a lifestyle with. And I'm not saying that other things are not exciting, but I'm not living for those times. I'm living with God every single day. I'm in relationship with God and His Word, prayer, the Spirit every single day, and that is exciting. I didn't marry my wife for the special encounters. I married my wife so we can live life together. Praise God for the special encounters and the vacations and the special uh, dates and whatnot. But I didn't marry her just for those. We were doing some of that while we were dating. I married her so we could live life together. Even if I'm, I mean, this weekend I was doing some house chores and she was doing some house chores. We weren't always in the same room, but we were doing life together. You know, we've been so busy this last month because we got a new puppy. We've been spinning around the house a lot more. It's actually nice. Today, because it, because it's getting a little warm, I'm actually looking forward to going to the beach again and doing some things. But, I, you know, I, I like doing some things around the house. It, it was just nice. We didn't spend the whole day, uh, you know, with a special moment, but to me it was still special. You know, I'm doing some things around. We're living life together. And spending time with God every single day, His Word, meditating on His Word and, and Him every single day, that is exciting. It's the greatest thing. Because I can take, I can depend on it. It's constant. It's faithful. <coughs> I'm in relationship with God. And do we, are there special encounters and different things that God has spoken and done? Absolutely. Praise God for that. But I don't live my whole life around that time. I live my whole life, you know, something's out of place if that's the case. <coughs> those, the, those are good. Those are special times. I'm not trying to uh, take away from that. But that's not what I'm depending on. 
I praise God for those moments. I praise God for those burning bush encounters. Or the, or the road to Damascus type of encounters where we can talk about. But you know what? Paul, Paul, even on the road to Damascus, he got more spending time in God's word and, and his spirit than he did on that one day. That the Damascus was to get his attention, to wake him up, to, to, to knock him off his horse, so to speak. It's what happened afterwards. And the three and a half years he spent in Damascus, uh, he spent in, uh, I think it was Damascus or Ephesus, before he ever really started his ministry, was, I think, one of the most rewarding times he ever had. He talks about that, I think, in Corinthians, and it's been a while since I've studied that. But uh, anyway, it just, uh, um, anyway, it just, uh, being in God's Word, having a relationship with God should be exciting. You know, I mean, you know, I know sometimes we say, well, God really moved today, uh, and the service was powerful. I, th I think God moves every day in my life. He's always there. It's like radio waves. There's radio waves in this room all the time, in the room you are. I mean, there's radio waves all the time, and, you know. But when we get a receiver, like a, a Wi-Fi or different things, a phone, an iPad, a, a TV, a whatever, you know, we can receive that radio waves. The, waves. the radio waves are there all the time, you know. Um, but... God's speaking all the time. He's moving all the time. His word is active like a two-edged sword. But when we uh, spend time, it's alive. It's not boring. It's real. It's a relationship. It's authentic. And to me, that's exciting. Do I enjoy the special encounters? Absolutely. But I don't get those all the time. I don't get those every day. And I'm, I'm very okay with that. You know, uh, I you know even with marriage, I, I do I enjoy the special times absolutely. Do I want every day to be like that? No, I want to live. I we have life to live. We have things to do, you know. But I do enjoy living together. I do enjoy doing life together. That's exciting. That's awesome. And then when we can have those special times, they're awesome. But I don't live with those times. Those are just. Those are just sort of the icing on the cake. It's not the cake, you know. And so I, 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 I enjoy. You know, it's kind of like I. Most people who know me, I love chocolate. I love cookies and cakes. But do I want to live off cookies and cakes all the time? No. I want. I want some steak. I want a burger. I want some fries, and potatoes. You know, once a while some of that green stuff. You know, uh, but uh, you know, I, I want the other meals. Uh, do I enjoy those ones? <coughs> I have those absolutely, but I, 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 at least I just want a taste of it once in a while, and, and I hope I'm making sense. I think that one some things that Andrew's trying to trying to paint a picture. The greatest thing in the world is being God's word, and when you do that, God, His seed, His word, and you have a relationship with God every day, day in and day out, like this, your life is going to change. You know, whatever. You know, and if it's not God's word, you are doing something. Maybe it's your hobby. Maybe you're a workaholic. <coughs> Maybe you're just a big social uh, social bug, you know, uh, at the bars or social media. Whatever you're consuming most of your time, that is uh, that is your lifestyle. That's your walk. And that's, those things are, those things, whatever they are, are changing your life effortlessly in their own way. But if you, if you, uh, if if God is your life, 
and you might do some some of those things. Maybe now, maybe I just mentioned. I mean, you're gonna work. You're gonna socialize somewhere. I think someone who's not doesn't socialize at all is unhealthy. That's very unhealthy. I'm not saying your whole life needs to be socialized. I think there's times you need to put the phone down and Facebook down. Well, I don't necessarily encourage the bar thing, but I do encourage hanging out. Maybe having some lemonade or soda or whatnot, you know, I'm okay with that, even though I don't drink most of that stuff. But, you know, it just, uh, but I'm all for social. I'm all for fellowship. Fellowship is important, you know. Uh, uh, we've seen so many people who isolate themselves. It is dangerous. It's deadly. And it's not good. It's not healthy. At the same point in time, your whole life can't be socializing. You need some alone time with God. And sometimes you just need some alone time, you know. Uh, <coughs> I get that too, you know. And uh, anyway, just uh, uh, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to paint a picture, you know. What's the most dominant thing on your diet, spiritually, emotionally speaking? Is it God's word? Is it the things of God, or is it something else? Because whatever is dominant in your life, it's what it's what it's molding your life effortlessly. Whether it's the cares of this world or social media, or whatever. Something is dominating your mind. And whatever is dominating your mind, that's the mold that's molding your life. And I want the Word of God to mold my life. I want to be transformed. I want to come into the, the cocoon, the mold of God's Word, and I want to be controlled. I, I don't want to conform to this world. I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And i got to do that daily. Just because I did it yesterday, just because I did it when I was young, just because I did it, uh, you know, uh, some of those God moments I was talking about, that's not, that was good for them, but you need to do it now. You need to do it today. Don't, don't feed off yesterday's manna. It's a daily bread. It's, don't, you know, praise God for an encounter you had 15, 20, 30 years ago, or even last week, or even early this morning, or last night. You know, praise God for that, but... Don't build your whole life around that. Build your life with a relationship with God. I'm not saying you can't use that as, you know, different times in the Old Testament, they build pillars. I have some pillars where God met me. And they're, they're uh, what I call my Gilgal. There's a whole teaching about that. But it seems like many times in Israel history, they always came back to Gilgal. That was an encounter they had with God. And that was a place where they can come. <coughs> they were kind of their headquarters, it seemed, seemed to be, in many different ways. And that's a whole other teaching. But I just, uh, um, you know, praise God for those encounters. I'm not trying to wipe that out. I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I'm just changing some of the bathwater, you know. And you live with God every day. Don't let that be the only, <coughs> you know. Don't, I mean, sometimes I, I, some people, they keep telling me the same story over and over and over again. And I'm not trying to take away from that story, but... The day's a new day. You can have a new story today. It might not be an encounter like that. It's kind of like the movie from Narnia where Aslan tells Lucy that things don't happen the same way twice. At the same point in time, you can have an encounter with God today. I have an encounter with God every day. It's awesome. It might not be fireworks and fire from heaven and chariots of fire and all that stuff, but it's awesome because I don't, I don't have to have the chariots of fire and different things every day. I can have God every day. I can have an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit every day. I can have some time with Jesus every day. I can spend time in His Word every day. His Word is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. My friend, the Holy Spirit, is with me to help me, to guide me, 
excuse me, to counsel me all day, every day. And if I have a sleepless night, he's there too. I don't have to wake him up. Sometimes he wakes me up, <coughs> you know. Uh, but I can have it every day. It's constant. I can depend on it. I can't depend on when I'm going to have another encounter with God. Uh, but I can depend on I, I can spend time with God every day. Amen. Uh, my mind wants to go on so many tangents, and I want to uh, shrink it down for for because uh, lack of time, we're we're almost out. But um, just you know, Andrew was talking about how some people read the Word of God and they're just like they're not getting anything out of it. They're like, I don't see what the big deal is, type thing. It's not changing their life. And then you have Andrew, who's like almost on pins and needles to, to be in God's word every day and he's like so excited and he's having so much fun and enjoying it and that's like the, the best part of his day and you know there's a there's kind of I mean you can see the un, unequalness of hey someone who's getting stuff something out of the word and, and someone who's like I'm reading it and I'm not seeing the great big deal of you know what you're so excited about uh, but it part of that boils down to attitude and expectation. Um, are you seeing it as a chore? As it well, it's just something I have to get through to today because my pastor told me I needed to be in the Word. Or is it something that you're looking forward to? I mean, when Dave and I were, were recording, uh, he came over for breakfast. You know, I was looking forward to that. And then because he worked close uh, to where I was living uh, with my parents. He was able to come for lunch, and then when work was done, he, he came over until Bible study at or prayer, uh, whatever night it, it was uh, during the, the week. And, and and I got to, I was like so happy and so expecting to see him, and I got to see the, him you know throughout the day. That was just a, a neat time. And now I wake up and and he's there, and I don't I don't have to like. You know count the hours or the minutes until I get to see him again but it, it's it's that relationship expectation of being with someone that you love and being in God's Word and just having that attitude of hey I'm gonna get something hey God's gonna speak to me hey um, uh, you know this is me and God time and um, I, I just I I love I love hearing Andrew's heart and how he's sharing about how much he's in love with God's word and it, it wasn't at like he woke up one morning and decided hey this is this is what's going to happen um, God spoke to him and he he put effort and time into this relationship with God and being in God's word and it transformed his life and it, and if you're saying well I'm comparing myself to Andrew and I'm not there I'm not seeing what he's seen I'm not excited about God's word I'm not seeing miracles and seeing people raised from the dead first of all Andrew's been been having a relationship with God's word for I, I don't know how many it's since he was 19 I believe he said in the, uh, when he was sent to Vietnam so it was probably a little earlier than that and I don't know how old he is now but uh, He's walked with God that whole time and put an effort into having this relationship with God. So if you're comparing yourself saying, well, I'm not Andrew. You know, I, I can't, I, I was in God's word and I didn't get anything out of it. Well, uh, first of all, 
you know, you can't compare yourself with someone who's walked with God for years and years and years and then say, well, I'm not anywhere like them. Because, that, that I mean, that doesn't get you anywhere. Just like Andrew started one day at a time, you start one day at a time. But just like me, Dave and I, when we were getting to know each other before we were recording, um, we got to know each other. It was a process. It wasn't like, hey, I met you, I'm going to marry you, and that that's it. There was that relationship process, getting to, to know each other and having that looking forward to spending time with that person. And, you know, that's what we need to do uh, in God's word. And, you know, Dave mentioned chariots of fire, and, and I don't know if, uh, what his thought process is on that. And it's been a while since I've seen that movie. But one of the runners in that movie really touched my heart at, when I seen it. Um, he was a missionary. He was... Uh, going to be a missionary, and I forget which country, but, uh, I mean, he was all sort of sold out for God. Uh, just a strong relationship with God, all on fire for sharing the gospel uh, to, to the country he was going to. But he, he would run in races. Um, and his I remember, I believe it was his sister commenting, like, why are you running and being in races that's taking you away from God's calling in your life? And his response to her was, it's not taking me away. I, I love running, but it's not taking me away from sharing the gospel. When I run, and I forget his exact words, but it was something to the effect of, I feel God pleased with me. Like it was his one-on-one -on -one intimate time with God that he used something that he was physically good at to spend that quality time with God as he's running and it was just a him and God special moment but he was so much on fire for God because of that intimacy and I know we're talking about being in God's Word and running and being in God's Word are two different things but he used every aspect of his life to build on that relationship with the Word of God with God and to do what God called him to do and you know, it's it's like with any relationship. You spend time with it. You, you know, if if you're like, well, God, I I think I've shared this before. I I had been in a women's Bible study years ago, and some of the women were like, well, I'm just I'm not excited. I'm not, you know, I I'm not really looking forward to being in God's Word. And because we had committed to to read to all of us be in the Word of God more, and so we had prayed as a group to just pray, Lord, help me be more in love with your word. Help me be excited to be in your word. Help me to want to be in your word. And the Holy Spirit answered all, all of the ladies' uh, hearts on that and, and our request in that. And people were getting so hungry to be in God's word. And it's just like uh, any of us. We can say, please, you know, Lord, help me to... to uh, have a relationship with your word. Show me, Lord, how much you love me so I can turn and, and turn around and love back. Well, we're out of time for tonight. That's awesome. Uh, not, not awesome, we're out of time. But, you know, what you said is awesome. <laughs> and we are out of time for tonight. So let me just pray this out. Lord, we worship you. We magnify you. Uh, Lord, uh, help us to 
all of us, whether we've been working, walking with you for years and decades, or we just started out, Lord, I pray that we would learn to value and appreciate and esteem and cherish time with you. And as we do, we will grow and we will mature and we will grow and change almost effortlessly. And it will, it will seem compared to trying to change on our own. In your name we give you thanks. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday at 7 o'clock as we talk about the Believer's Authority.